Transform your business with Microsoft Azure, the one-stop shop for everything cloud and AI. With Azure Migrate and Modernize, move your existing workloads to Azure with ease. With Azure Innovate, build new solutions with focused and deep engagement. Their core offerings provide comprehensive resources, expert assistance, and cost optimization tools. Accelerate your cloud journey and stay ahead of the competition with Microsoft Azure. Visit aka.ms slash Azure Hero Offerings to learn more. That's aka.ms slash Azure Hero Offerings to learn more. Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to the Cloudcast. We are coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. It is February of 2023. We've already reached February, uh, more than a twelfth of the way done. Was that uh, about eight percent, nine percent of the way done? So, hope everybody's doing well. Hopefully, uh, the audio quality in this one sounds a little bit better than last week. Apologies for that. Uh, I am back in the United States, if only for a couple of days uh, between stops. I've got uh, another another two weeks of this uh, world tour that I'm doing. So, uh, anyways, I'm going to do my best to try and record the rest of these uh, on the good microphone. Hopefully, I can I can accomplish that. Uh, we'll we'll do the best I can. Um, a week or so ago, uh, our friends over at uh, Software Defined Talk, um, you know, Brandon Witcher, who's on quite a bit, and Cote and Matt Ray and all those good folks, uh, were talking about this uh, 2023 word of the year, which was the this word in shitification, which is uh, a term coined by uh, Cory Doctorow, who is uh, an interesting character, uh, to say the least. Anyways, it was basically, uh, they were talking about, you know, how does anybody use the internet? Because nowadays, uh, you know, so many of these platforms that we come to rely on that we deal with every single day, um, have become sort of big and bloated. They've added a million features, um, as most platforms tend to do. And, uh, Cote kind of threw out this thing and he said, you know, yes, the internet gets big and unwieldy and, um, you know, systems sort of grow upon themselves. And he said, oh, maybe Brian can, maybe Brian can figure out some way to, uh, <laughs> come up with a model in which, you know, businesses don't kind of go down this path. And so, you know, I'm, I'm taking this as a little bit of a challenge. I don't know, having thought about this now for a couple of weeks, uh, exactly what, uh, what the right answer to this is, but, uh, I thought it would be interesting to sort of dive into. So we're going to dive a little bit into, you know, what is this, this concept? Um, you know, how does it happen? Uh, and then some of the ramifications of it from a business perspective, um, both on the business side of things, as well as the user side of things, what expectations are, um, and all that sort of stuff. So we'll get to that after the break. Is your cloud bill out of control? Cloud Zero is building a platform that will let you analyze your cloud investment faster than ever before. You'll get accurate, granular visibility into your total cloud spend without the typical pitfalls of legacy cloud cost management tools like endless tagging or clunky Kubernetes support. Cloud Zero is how cloud-driven companies gain more financial control and predictability by driving immediate and ongoing savings. You can answer questions like, how can I save 20% of my cloud bill right now? Who are my most expensive customers? How much does this specific feature cost our business? Join companies like Rapid7, Drift, and SeatGeek by visiting cloudzero.com slash cloudcast to get started today. Again, please visit cloudzero.com slash cloudcast to get started today. And we're back. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, we're going to uh, dig in a little bit to this this challenge that uh, Michael Cote, or Cote as many of you know him, uh, kind of threw out to me a few weeks ago on their show, um, trying to... I guess, look at this concept of in um, 
as it as it relates to the technologies that we use every day and the businesses that we work with uh, on, on a regular basis. Um, and is there any way for businesses, especially uh, internet businesses, to not go about doing that? And uh, so the first thing I had to do, because I, I guess I had sort of heard this term um, kicked around from time to time. I, I had no idea it, it had become this big of a deal, that it had become the the word of the year, or digital word of the year. I'd sort of heard it kicked around just on various platforms, Reddit and Twitter and all that sort of stuff. So I went and looked it up. And this is the way it's sort of described uh, from the original blog. So um, here's how, quote unquote, uh, here's how platforms die. First, they are good for their users. Then they abuse their users to make things better for their business customers. Finally, they abuse those business customers to claw back all the value for themselves. Then they die. I call this in shitification. And it is a seemingly inevitable consequence arising from the combination of the ease of changing how a platform allocates value combined with the nature of a two-sided market where a platform sits between buyers and sellers hold each hostage to the other raking off an ever larger share of that value that passes between them Uh, and then he goes on to sort of explain some things and talks about how platforms are sort of monopolies and he says to solve the problem uh, Dr. Oak has called for two general principles to be followed the first is a respect of the end-to-end principle, fundamental principle of the internet in which the role of a network is to reliably deliver data from willing senders to willing receivers. Uh, And the second is the right of exit. Uh, And the right of exit being users of a platform can easily go elsewhere if they are dissatisfied with it. Okay, so let's, let's sort of start with this concept because I think where this is, where this is all coming from and why it's bubbling up these days is, you know, I, I feel like there are a bunch of themes that, that, We've been talking about the last year or so, but in particular, the last six months that are freaking everybody out because the last 10 years haven't really followed these principles. But if we go back in time, um, you know, or we just look at sort of business one-on-one principles, a lot of these things sort of come into play. So, you know, in essence, what they're saying is there have been a number of platforms in which, uh, you know, and they they use Amazon and Facebook and Google search and Reddit and Twitter X and others that are out there in which um, a, a digital platform was out there and the service, some of the basic capabilities of the service were delivered for free. At least uh, there, there were no cost to use these services. And now they are beginning to say, well, um, you know, because the company that runs the platform um, has a growth strategy in which they want to grow at a higher rate than they are or continue to grow at the rate they were before, they are beginning to uh, stop offering all those services for free, um, and they are, you know, beginning to charge for those services. That's that's the most basic uh, aspect of this. So, I think the first thing that we, you know, and 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 what's interesting is the way that a lot of times these conversations get framed is the company that uh, you know changes, stops allowing things to be free, or changes their model or whatever it is. They are they are an evil entity and the users are, you know, sort of left to peril, left to suffer for no longer having this thing. And, you know, this is, this is sort of the, I think this is the reality that, that we're going to face. And and it's an interesting reality because to a certain extent, um, you know, and people like Ben Thompson have covered this uh, as they talk about platforms and aggregation and all sorts of things. I'll put some links in the show notes. You know, the internet essentially grew up around this idea that, you know, various aspects of it could be free if either enough data about the usages could be uh, captured, 
right? So how you use the service uh, and the data around those activities that you did could be captured and then monetized in some other way, but not monetized directly to you. Or uh, the second thing was, um, you know, could that data then be used to sell some sort of advertisement, if you will? And again, you know, this goes back to this thing on the internet, which, you know, in which we, we think of the internet as a sort of new medium. Um, but to a certain extent, you know, the internet is, is just sort of an extension. And this is a bad analogy, but it's sort of an extension of what television originally was. And for, you know, the younger kids out there who probably don't even know what television is anymore. I know my kids don't, because for whatever reason, we have a 50 or a 60 or 70 inch uh, screen in our house that never gets turned on, but yet they're more than welcome to, you know, more than happy to sit on the, sit on the stairs of the house uh, and, and stare at a four or five inch screen uh, when they could be looking at something that's a hundred times as big. But anyways, uh, the original concept of television or the original way in which television was rolled out to the masses was that, you know, you bought a television, you bought a thing that interacted with the medium. The medium was essence, in essence was delivered for free. Um, again, this is before we were paying for cable TV or anything. Everything was just sort of over the air and it was ultimately paid for, uh, by advertising, right? So, you know, you watch a sporting event or you'd watch a soap opera, or you'd watch a, you know, weekly television show and, you know, maybe, seven or eight minutes out of every 30 was going to be advertisements or commercials, if you will. And and so the internet eventually sort of, you know, figured out how to do that, except instead of having three main channels, they had 500 channels or 5,000 channels or 500,000 channels. And so they were able to monetize across all those channels. And because it was much more uh, specialized, i.e. they collected your data and they knew something about you and they knew the patterns at which, you know, how long you listened for and all these, there was sort of a, a direct digital interaction. They were able to supercharge the amount of revenue they could make, but also, um, you know, they began to supercharge the number of capabilities that you had. And so we have this fundamental thing in which the expectation of the internet from the user's perspective is that all of the great capabilities should fundamentally be free. And yet we also want the companies that are doing this to continue to be innovative and scale and be able to keep up with all the latest things, all things that cost tons and tons of money for any of those of us who work in technology. We know the amount of time and effort and technology and, and scale and all those sort of things happen. So, so fundamentally I think, you know, there's this, there's this sort of belief that like the problem here is like late stage capitalism and all these sort of things. I, I think the, the bigger challenge with all this sort of quote unquote enshittification is that we went from a society that we were okay with. We used to be okay with the idea that certain things were free and we put up with, uh, you know, things like commercials and advertisement. And then at the point where we started allowing the, the end users to actually not only consume all these things for free, but then start to give control to them to say, I also don't want the sort of commercialism part that goes with the sponsorships, the ads, the commercials and so forth is where we basically broke, we broke the, I don't know, the covenant, we broke the agreement, we broke the the social contract that existed that said, you know, these two things can exist, right? Sort of all this stuff for free, but also the businesses that run them are able to, to uh, operate, right? So since we broke that, 
that ability um, from a digital perspective. Um, you know, we, we created this, this thing in which the only way in which platforms could continue to grow was to collect more data about you or offer more ways to, you know, as, as Corey says, sort of address the other side of the market, which was, uh, you know, sell more ads or whatever it might be. And that fundamentally is sort of the problem we have. I don't think that, you know, to, to Cote's original question, like, can you stop quote unquote enshittification? Yeah, you absolutely can stop it, right? There's there's multiple ways you can stop it. The first one, and I don't believe either one of Corey's. Corey's two, I, I think, are actually incorrect. You know, this sort of idea that, you know, networks are just supposed to be reliable, dumb things. Well, that's not that's not really what we're talking about here. We're talking about a thing in the middle that isn't just a, a pipe. And the second thing is this idea of, you know, oh, you're, you should just be able to allowed to leave whenever you want to. Well, you absolutely are allowed to leave whenever you want to, right? It's this misguided belief that we have that, you know, when you leave, everything that you got value out of, that somebody else created value for, you should just naturally be able to take that with you as if, well, you know, all my followers on Facebook should just automatically go with me over to X or they should go over with me to threads or whatever, right? So so I think his his two, you know, ways to fix this are actually kind of wrong or pie in the sky. Um, you know, I, I think what we what we have here is, you know, there there are ways to fix this, right? N- number one way to fix this is you may find that some businesses just say, look, kind of out of the goodness of my heart, out of the the charity of of what I want to do, or, you know, maybe an intended way of doing this is saying, look, I am willing to subsidize some aspect of my business that if I wanted to, I could make more money on. Um, but the subsidization of that aspect of the business, it could be big or small, is actually really beneficial to the bigger part of my business in which I'm trying to monetize it and profitize it at a harder, higher level. So let me give you the most basic example of this. And this won't make sense to everybody around the world, but if you're in the United States or you've you know sort of listened around, uh, there's a there's a big box outlet here in the United States called Costco. Uh, Costco sells sort of everything. They're you know it's a, it's a brick and mortar store. Uh, but if you've been into a Costco, one of the things they have is a food court. And within the food court, uh, you know everything that's in there you know has this sort of market level pricing. So you want to buy a piece of pizza, or you want to get a sandwich, or you want to get a a soda, or you know milkshake, or whatever it's going to mostly cost you sort of market rate, whatever the market rate is. But the one thing they do have that seemingly has never changed in price is their hot dog combination. So you get a hot dog and you get a drink and maybe you get a bag of chips. I forget what it is. And that has been a dollar and a half, a dollar fifty, one dollar and fifty cents US forever. And the CEO of the company, even though they've gone through various changes, has said, under no circumstances will that change. In fact, if anybody ever comes and tries to take over the company, I will come back. <laughs> I will rise up out of my grave, if you will. I will come out of retirement and I will find a way to get that person fired because I want that small aspect, which is something that you know people have kind of come to expect, uh, to stay the same, right? So in essence, you know, he is still, even though the cost of that whole thing probably is now more than a dollar and a half, um, or at least you know the break even of it, it's more than a dollar and a half. You know, he has said, I'm not going to change that. So that's one way you can you can sort of get around the quote unquote enshittification is that you can hope that the businesses will say, hey, I'm either willing to treat some aspect of it like a charity or I'm willing to treat it as a 
as a loss leader or something I'm going to subsidize for something else in the business, right? And that's not terribly unusual, right? Like we see this in Amazon with some of the the services they have, right? For them to run, for example, like the Kubernetes service costs them, you know, more than they charge for it. But because of the fact that, you know, if you use their Kubernetes service and many, many other services, you have to use their network, you have to use their storage, you have to use their, their compute and a bunch of other services, you know, that's their way of sort of getting you in the door and subsidizing certain aspects versus other things and, and so forth. The other way that, that they can go about doing it is, uh, you know, and this, this probably isn't going to to go about happening is, you know, they can manage their business in a way in which the, the growth rates, the expect, the expectations of the growth rates are lower. And, you know, here's the the thing that most people don't, you know, when they get angry at businesses and they want to, you know, talk about greedy capitalists and all these sort of things, Wall Street doesn't tell the business what rates, you know, what, what level of growth they have to grow at, right? There's nobody, there's nobody who necessarily goes to, you know, Facebook or, uh, General Motors or Apple or whoever and says, Hey, you must grow 40% year over year. You must grow 27% quarter over quarter, right? It's in essence, them saying, Hey, business, what do you expect to grow at? And based on that, I will then, you know, we will then do the math and establish a price in the marketplace. And then the market can determine whether they think the price is right or too high or too low. But all those expectations are based on the company saying, hey, this is what we think we can grow. And this is where the other part of the, you know, the quote unquote sort of enchantification often happens is that, you know, we see these companies that have, you know, a certain expected growth rate and they either make it or they miss it, right? So, uh, there was a, I saw a quote this week when Amazon uh, announced their earnings and AWS missed, and they missed by like $20 million. And somebody on there, I think it was Corey Quinn or somebody said, well, you know, they missed, but that was because the analyst had projected this thing. No, <laughs> the analyst could have had a number that they thought was going to be made, but these things are, you know, based on the company telling the market, this is, these are the goals we've set for ourselves. And, you know, we've set out a business plan for doing that. We think we have an execution plan for doing that. And the the analyst community can go out and say, well, I'm going to go check with the marketplace and see where I think they're doing, right? In the marketplace, you know, their, their resellers and their channels and their customers, they might say, oh, well, it feels like maybe they're actually doing better than that, right? But the numbers weren't reset by that. They just, they have expectations based on numbers they have. So again, I think part of this is a recognition that that businesses set their own goals and that businesses, at least from a leadership perspective, find, and they've found this historically over time, that the best way to motivate the leaders of the company is to say, I'm going to tie your compensation and sort of your future standing with the company based on, you know, ownership, big picture things of the company, not giving you the largest salary possible, but giving you goals and hence equity and ownership and other things that are tied to you achieving bigger company level things. And so where the downside of this comes in is, you know, most leaders in a company don't stick around that long, right? They might, you know, the average, I think the average uh, length of a CEO's tenure is like three years, something like that, two and a half to three years, maybe it's four years, but it's not 20 years, right? It's very unusual 
that you see a CEO that stays in that long. And so, you know, when you build their incentive structure around company growth, they're going to push the company as hard as possible to drive growth because it's in their best interest. Now, it ne- may not necessarily be in the best interest of that person that's six or seven or eight layers down from them. But, you know, part of the the quote unquote, you know, kind of growth expectations or things that, you know, people might think drive, you know, quote unquote, in shitification, um, you know, are goals and expectations that are set by the company themselves and by the company setting up, you know, how how the leadership structure is paid, right? So, you know, it's like anything, you kind of get what you pay for um, and you're going to get what, you know, how the system is set up for. I mean, you may not have the right consequences of what you thought it was set up for, but you're going to get, you know, the that sort of thing. So, you know, at, at the end of the day, there's an old saying, um, there's a sort of famous old saying in business it's from a guy named Jim Barksdale, who was the CEO of Netscape, uh, was, you know, was there when they first created the first commercial browser. And he was giving an interview somewhere and they said, hey, you know, how, how are you going to make money in this business? Or, or how does, you know, how does, how does all this stuff sort of work? And this was the early days of the internet. And he said, well, you know, basically there's only two ways to make money in business, bundling and unbundling. And, uh, he has since given a bunch of interviews around this. I put a few links in the show notes, but at the end of the day, you know, this, this sort of in concept is all driven around the idea of mostly bundling, right? You build a platform, you try and give away more and more of it for free because you are essentially trying to become uh, the center of a person's end user's addiction to you. And you want to bundle more and more of that. And that's the belief that the more I bundle together of that, the more of your data I, I can then collect, the more opportunities I have to monetize it on the other side of the platform and so forth. And, you know, again, this this goes back to kind of human nature. At any point in time as a human, if you see value in getting out of that thing, in unbundling yourself, you absolutely have that option. But to believe that, you know, somehow the platforms are going to do that for you, um, when you haven't paid them a dime, um, you haven't, they've created all the value for you necessarily, right? You haven't necessarily created value for them directly. Um, you know, to have this belief that they should forever be looking out for you, you know, you have the option to leave, right? You have the option to create your own value by unbundling. Um, and the second part of it is the, platforms themselves will forever try and increase their value through bundling and the market from time to time will step in not not as not as stepping in like you know an adult in the room but stepping in by saying hey your bundling is no longer creating value and you know and this is where we see you know things like private equity come in or you know bankruptcy come in and you know the the market then or the, the buyer then comes in and does the unbundling for you in which, you know, they, they go, we're going to break off these parts. These parts are no longer needed. They generate no value. These parts here, if they're isolated and, you know, kind of grown by themselves, they will create net new value. Um, so you know, the market inherently takes care of the bundling and unbundling. Uh, and again, everybody has a say in this, you know, the end users have the ability to 
to buy into the platform and say, hey, I want to use the defaults lifestyle and just continue to use the thing, that doesn't necessarily mean that everything will be great. Um, it just means you've chosen to reduce the amount of friction of changing tools, of you know having to learn multiple things, but you may eventually run into your own level of quote-unquote de-shittification. Um, the platforms themselves are trying to create value through bundling, as we've talked about is, you know, kind of the, the most prominent way of going about doing that. And the end users or the marketplace are the things that are going to drive the unbundling. It's very rare that the platforms themselves will ever look to do the unbundling. And I think the longer we realize those two things, that the longer you expect that, you know, free gives you some sort of stake in how the game works, uh, where, you know, you don't pay for anything, but you get frustrated when, you know, the companies behind this try and change this to be profitable. Um, you know, that, that's kind of your own, that's kind of on you for, for being frustrated about that. Um, you have the ability to, to, you know, unbundle yourself from those things, but the longer that you are tied to them and the more that you expect that they will do all the work for you, and then not try and uh, you know monetize it in some greater way over time, as we all you know kind of understand that that the purpose of business is not to be a charity, but it's to you know generate profits and so forth. Um, you know the, the, that's where the, the the friction of this sort of lies, and where you know you can be an active participant in deciding what what you're willing to put up with. So you know I, I think we forget sometimes that as things are free more and more. Um, free isn't free, free like a beer versus free like a puppy. Um, but also, you know, the bundling and unbundling aspect, uh, people have control of it. Um, they may not always feel like they have control of it, but you know, the markets themselves, you know, have a known pattern of platforms trying to bundle and either end users or the marketplace itself, you know, kind of actively trying to unbundle it. To, to generate, you know, its own value for that. So I don't think there's any great answer to this, you know, how to, how to create de-shittification. I think it's really a, a more of a matter of, um, you know, understanding what your role is in the game, what your role is in interacting with platforms and multi, multi-party platforms and all those sort of things. And then just deciding, hey, you know, at what point am I frustrated with something and I'm willing to, go look somewhere else, right? You, you have that option, especially on the internet. There is always some sort of option, but the reality is it may not be as simple as it was before. And, you know, but that might be to you valuable, right? So anyways, uh, probably not a great answer, probably not the answer that the Cote was looking for. Um, there is no silver bullet to it, but again, um, you know, I, I think it's understanding that, you know, companies are, created for a reason they're and you know if they were created to be charities they should be defined as charities if your expectation of them is that they are a charity that's on you if your expectation is that they will continue to you know only serve your best interest when they are free that's on you um but you know there are opportunities for businesses uh to sort of de-shittification themselves but in most cases that's only going to happen either because you know, somebody wants to keep that $1.50 Costco hot dog out of the goodness of their heart, out of their willingness to sort of sacrifice, 
or it's be part of a bigger sort of subsidization uh, play or get you in the door sort of play. Um, it's probably not going to happen in in most cases over the long run of things. So, anyways, no great answers there. Um, but I think sometimes you know we're we're people are more frustrated by this now than maybe they have been in the past. Um, and mostly, again, this is because for the last ten plus years we have been living in a zero interest rate world. We have been living in a world dominated by your initial engagement with any platform, with any technology, with any with a lot of things that have been free. And, you know, there becomes this sort of addiction to, you know, sort of the goodness and the freeness of things uh, without the understanding that at some point, um, you know, if you if you depend on stuff, it's probably not going to be free forever, especially uh, not in the way that maybe it was initially where you did no work and uh, those types of things. So not a knock on users, not a knock on the business. I think it's just an understanding that you know, it's easy to get frustrated by these things, but you know, you do have, you do have a certain amount of control over it. It's just, you know, you need to recognize, you know, once you, once you either give up control or try and take back control, what, what additional, what additional tax tasks are you, uh, are you ultimately going to be responsible for? So anyways, with that, I'll wrap it up. Um, interesting topic, not an interest, not, not necessarily an easy answer, but I think sometimes it's at least good to understand, uh, you know, how the, how the system works and what you might be able to do within the system. So with that, I'll wrap it up. Thank you all for listening. Hope your February is going well. Thanks for telling a friend about the show. Thanks for helping us grow the show. Uh, keep downloading the show. Keep trying to keep up with it um, so that uh, Apple and the other ones don't uh, don't get rid of <laughs> don't get rid of your podcast. I know they're changing how things are downloaded. So hopefully you uh, you get a chance to do that. But with that, we'll wrap it up and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media.